Hello, everybody, and indeed, welcome to another edition of Hoosier Hometown Heroes. I'm your host and navigator, Tony Val. Uh, before we dive in, I must thank our sponsor, Prometheus Consulting. Uh, Prometheus is Indy's uh, trusted outsourced IT solution. If you're having any sort of challenges with your um, IT infrastructure, check out Prometheus. Uh, you can call us at 317-733-2388 or find us online at prometheus.com. And now on to the show. The author is Danola Burton. The book is If You Really Knew Me, The Life, The Lessons, and The Legacy. And wouldn't you know, Danola is sitting right across from me. Danola, welcome to Hoosier Hometown Heroes. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you on the show. And I thoroughly enjoyed your book. I have lots of questions about your book. And where I want to start is what inspired you to write your book? I'll give a little bit of background. Uh, I am currently retired. I retired from Lilly in December of last year, and I started a new business. And when I started my business, I'm a speaker, trainer, coach. And as I do a lot of the workshops that I do, I use personal stories in my workshops. Mm -hmm. And... I started writing them down because sometimes I said, you know, I'm going to forget these stories. I want to make a point in the workshops and I want to make sure I'm using the right stories. So as I began to write the stories down, I said, you know what, this would be a book. And that's how it started. You just kind of kept going. You didn't. I just kind of kept going. I didn't stop. I decided that there were enough stories of interest and lessons associated with those stories that somebody could get some benefit from it. There is, I do get a real sense from reading the book that you were, part of what you were trying to do was teach, you know? Yes. And it kind of knowing a little bit about what you do now in your um, illustrious retirement, which I'm so jealous of, (laughs) uh, I could see how reading through the book would really help me um, really connect with you even even further. It would be neat, you know, if I were taking one of your lunch and learns or, you know, if having read your book makes it, I think, uh, it just gives me a stronger attachment to you. Yeah, and, and actually the way that the title came about, uh, the If You Really Knew Me, is one of the actual... Um, icebreakers that I do for my workshops is called if you really knew me and it gives people in the workshop and generally if they're a uh, an intact team it really helps them see that there are some things about each other that they really don't know and and so as I did my my stories I began to think my goodness that's the title of my book if you really knew me so that was the purpose to really give some insight into me but the passion that I have for helping others, I hope, comes through in the book. I think it really does. And Danola, one of, I tell you where I was hooked. It was early on, hooked in the book. And I think I said this to you the other day. We had coffee not too long ago. I love, so for some reason it resonated with me, your story of um, discovering that you had poor eyesight. Can you tell that story? Sure. Uh, and this is the, when you were a kid. This is when I was a kid. So the story is titled My BG and AG Experience. 
and it's the before glasses and after glasses. And the theme really is, I didn't know I couldn't see. And <laughs> I was the youngest in my family. So I would always get kind of preference, I think you'd call it. And I would be the closest to the TV because back then we only had one TV in the house. Uh -huh. So I would get closest to the TV. I would always be in the front. And so I didn't realize that I couldn't see. And it wasn't until I went to first grade, because I didn't even go to kindergarten, it wasn't until first grade that I realized it, and it wasn't me that realized it, it was the teacher that realized that this child was visually impaired. And when I got glasses, it was like a whole new world opened up to me because I could see leaves on trees, expressions on faces. Uh, I didn't know I couldn't see them. Isn't that something? You know, when I read that, I just had this, I could, I, I, I guess, imagined what would that be like. And that, I mean, talk about your aha moments. The aha moment there. And then the theme of aha moments that we have in our lives, because we don't always know what we don't know. And we don't always know that we can't see that there's a breakthrough coming. Yeah. And so the intent or the lesson out of that really is that we don't always know what we can't see, but it's there. It's going to come. Yes. Yeah. So. Now, one of the things that comes through in your book is uh, it seems like your, your family was very um, – um, they – they had high expectations of they had you, high and, expectations. and achievement was kind of expected. It was ex an ex expectation. I mean, I, um, even back, you know, in the 70s or 60s and 70s, because I was, yeah, <laughs> a little older, um, you know, we, we didn't have a lot, but we had each other. And there was an expectation. My mom and my dad were professionals. My dad was a minister. My mother was a nurse. There was an expectation that we would achieve. Yes. And even though we moved, I've lived in Missouri, Virginia, North Carolina, and settled in Indiana when I was in fifth grade. And even through that, there was still an expectation. It doesn't matter what school you go to. You still will excel. Mm-hmm. Texas, too, right? Was college that in was, Texas? College was in Texas. I okay. went to undergrad and graduate school in texas yes okay so um so you're you were kind of you were expected to achieve and you're and in the book you know it takes us through um your a school career with which by the way very few of us go as far in school as you did my gosh <laughs> you you were up to the uh that's the penthouse up there you're uh you know i i never got involved in writing a thesis and all yeah. that stuff and i love yeah. too how you in the book you, you mentioned that if you want to go read my thesis here's what it's <laughs> called it. and it's one of those things that it's probably hard to pronounce but uh, but the key is that yes i went through uh, undergrad and graduate school and um in biology mm -hmm. and so there's the the twist there in that my foundation education was in the sciences and yet my passion was in helping people and I'm so glad that I was able to find the HR career that was able to let me use that passion in my everyday life yeah it's interesting you know of course you're you're an HR person 
now and have been for a long time. And we can dive more into that. But it is interesting when I learned, and at first it was a little confusing to me, that Danola's a scientist. That's really what you are. And I said, oh, my gosh, you're too bubbly to be a scientist. I mean, the the day you and I met at at a charity event, we were like two For some reason, I just knew you were going to be my friend. Mm -hmm, And I think you knew that you knew I was going to be your friend, you know, you're a people person. Um, but I do want to talk about the science a little bit. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I wanted to make sure to ask you, and as I said, your, your experience is pretty rare. Not many people kind of do what you did and have taken the path you've taken. What was it like to be doing cancer research as you while your mother was diagnosed with leukemia. Yeah, that was a pretty tough time. Uh, and, and not only was it tough on knowing that she had leukemia, but I was how many states away? She was in Indiana, yeah. I was in Texas. But it felt good to be able to know that I was able to make a difference, not necessarily for her, but for others that might have that same disease. and. One of the stories I tell in the book is about how I was able to draw blood from my mother and use her blood in some of our experiments. And she felt so good about being able to help, even though she knew it was not going to be able to help her. She, I'm sure she was very proud. Very proud. Very yeah. proud. Yeah. Yeah, that comes through in the book. It's pretty easy. When I, when I read that passage about her donating blood for your research, I could just see, I said, that's a beaming mother right yes, there. She absolutely. can't wait to be a part absolutely. of what you're doing. Yeah. Um, did you feel any any sort of responsibility? I, like when my dad was um, in the throes of Alzheimer's, you know, there was part of me that said, by golly, I'm going to figure this thing out. Mm. Did you and of course you were a scientist who was <laughs> who was in the field. Yeah. Did you ever have those sorts of feelings? No, I don't think I ever had that much of a feeling, but just knowing that I was in the middle of it. I don't know if I felt like there was a, a breakthrough for cancer right around that corner or not, but I felt mm-hmm. like what we were doing was going to make a difference. Mm-hmm. You were now what you were doing with mice it's i was trying to picture of course i don't understand the anatomy of a mouse so and what was the name of the procedure thymectomize okay and all i can and of course the mouse lived (laughs) through this whole thing it's not like you're doing this on dead mice not just a mouse a two-day-old mouse oh my goodness so you know sometimes an inch at the most two inches long and so if you think about in your throat there's the thymus Uh that's the same way it was in a mouse yeah and the thymus really is helpful in um um keeping us the immune system kind of helps us Uh and so um the purpose of thymectomizing the mice was to remove the thymus and see if the medications that we were using could help the mouse 
uh, with his immune system. Uh huh. And a- am I correct in remembering that if you removed the thymus in a mouse, uh, the mouse is more prone to get cancer? That's right. Okay. That's right. And so you were, you were in essence, you were trying to see if, if uh, after removing the thymus, whatever, your, whatever intervention you guys were doing could almost uh, give the protection that the thymus naturally did. That's right. And so there was two types of things that we would do. One, to try to see if, if we could prevent it uh, from coming. The other was if it came, did we have medications, which, you know, now we think of those as chemotherapy. Sure. So what kinds of drugs could we use to help reduce the uh, size of the thymus or I mean, the size of any tumors that were growing? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did ever, anything ever come of that research all these years later? Did, was that a I don't know fruitful? if that specific uh, research so as far as drugs, but I think about all the other drugs that we use in the chemotherapy as being the types of, of drugs that were being used now. So I don't know that that specific drug ever uh, uh-huh. materialized into a chemotherapy agent. Yeah. But I, I, I realized that the processes that we were using were the, what we use today as chemotherapy. And of course your dad died of lung cancer as well. That's um, right. Was he a smoker? Both of my mom and my dad were smokers, and it was interesting because uh, when my mom got leukemia, uh, she died when she was 52, so she was really yeah. young. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad, at that moment, stopped smoking. Good for him. Had no uh, withdrawals or anything. It was like, I'm going to stop smoking. But that's kind of the story that needs to be told around things like lung cancer is it's not the people who are necessarily smoking all their life because he had stopped smoking 40 years before, and yet that was wow. still in his system. So, um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's one of those things. You know, we were shocked when he had it because yeah. it had been so long since he had smoked. You know, it's funny. This conversation, Danola, that we're having, and you helping me understand how to, you know, what in the world you were doing in the lab, <clears throat> for example, it's a, it's a great representation of kind of this pivot that your career took from the lab into more of a customer facing, um, uh, role. And if I remember correctly, that, that pivots first happened, uh, not at Lilly. It was before Lilly, correct? Before Lilly. In fact, every role I ever had, in addition to doing the scientific work, I was always the one that they called in to help plan the picnic, uh, be <laughs> on the safety committee. Uh, so all the social-related yeah. roles, they're like, Danola would love to do that. So I did. I loved that. And it wasn't until I moved back to Indianapolis and was working in the in vitro fertilization program at IU Hospital mm-hmm. that I had a formal role as a customer facing role. Yeah, helping the, helping the patients kind of understand what was going on. Absolutely. Yeah. So I had a twofold role. I was in the lab where I was actually doing studies on uh, for male infertility and the the second part of that role was also to conduct the in vitro fertilization in the lab. And yet, 
I continued to be called by the doctors to help explain what I was doing in the lab and how it affected them. And that turned into a coordinator role for the in vitro fertilization program. Mm-hmm. And this, and it's interesting because it seems like this uh, people person part of your makeup is what really flourished and that's what your your career kind of evolved into um and that's what you're that's what you're doing today so let's talk more about what you're what you're doing to today and maybe a a um well i'm gonna take this is probably the perfect place to mention your uh, contact information so anyone that wants to get a hold of Danola. I assume your email address mm-hmm. is maybe the best way. So that's Danola Burton, D-E-N-O-L-A-B-U-R-T-O-N at enhanced D-N-A, then the number one, dot com. And so I think the perfect segue, so D-N-A stands for Develop, Nurture, Achieve. Tell me about that. Yeah, so I think about the work that I do as enhancing mm-hmm. others. And there's kind of a a tie-in to the scientific because even though we are born with who we are, our genetic makeup, our DNA, we also have the ability to develop. And as we go through life, the more development that we have, the more that we learn, the more that we can achieve. And so I put that together to say enhanced DNA, but it's develop and nurture in order for others to achieve. What I love about that uh, and about your URL is it sort of ties in a little bit of your science background yes, as well. Yes, absolutely. It feels scientific. It feels scientific. And I get a lot of people. <laughs> I was doing a an, uh, workshop with an organization uh, on the DISC um, yeah. assessment. And I had uh, the the leader of the organization said, I've got a guy who doesn't want to talk to you because he says he's not getting his DNA taken (laughs) (laughs) because he didn't understand the acronym for DNA versus actually doing a DNA test. (laughs) Right. Yeah. At first glance, it seems like you read your URL and it seems like you're creating cyborgs or something. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Performance enhancing drugs or something like that. Um, What was it like to write a book? Was it difficult? I think the hardest part of writing a book is writing the book. Hmm. Um, I didn't, I think the, I used the self-publishing process, so that part was easy to me. But the writing of the book, um, because it was about myself, probably wasn't so hard, but kind of putting the, the, I mean, I know me, but I want others to know me the way I know me. And so putting it in words that were just, about me, but also uh, emotional. So I, I think there are times in the book that you'll laugh. There are times you might even get tears and cry. And I think there's things in between there. So I wanted to make sure I made that emotion come through. Well, I think I think it does. And if I wrapped up your book, and part of this is just because I know you a little bit, one of the things that shines through to me is, uh, and, and I think this is really good. This is really good. 
I feel like there's part of you that you're reflecting on your life and you're kind of saying, wow, look what I did. You know, this is, wow, mm-hmm. look what a person can do. Yeah. You know? But I think the other piece of it is that I want people to realize that some of the stories in my book are little stories, like what I might call insignificant things that happen in your life that add up to some pretty big stories and uh, or some pretty big lessons. And I think that one of them might be the, the story of the spelling bee and the fact that I would never win the spelling bee. <laughs> there was a guy in my class that every year in middle school, he would win the spelling bee. And the lesson out of that is that I didn't give up. I knew that he was not going anywhere and that I might not win again, but I continued to work and strive. And I think that because of that, it did improve my vocabulary, allow me to write in a way that I could do a thesis, uh, accomplish a master's degree. So, So the lesson there is that even in little situations, there are things that you can learn. Yeah, absolutely. It was fun in that in that section. Uh, you kind of wondered, I wonder where he is now. Wonder you know? where he is now. <laughs> <laughs> and that made that made me think, wouldn't it be fun for him to read that? Exactly, you know? it really would. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, what about the business of not see? Now here's what's interesting, Danola. So you retired. Yes. You lucky duck. Yes, it's a wonderful thing. And. <laughs> But what are you doing in, in retirement? Okay, let's work for myself. Let's work some more. So there must be a lot of things that now you've learned about business ownership, let alone promoting a book. Absolutely. I'm still in the process of learning. I, uh, I'm sure that, that I'm, I, I am not going about all the things I should be doing. But the thing that I want to do is have fun with it. Once it becomes work I don't know that I'm going to want to do it anymore. And so I have um, started doing a lot of networking with a lot of different entrepreneurs in order to learn from them. Uh, Even with the book writing process, I feel that there's a lot to learn. Uh, I have already started thinking about my next book, and I might might just do it a little differently. But that's the whole point of, of growth. Yes. I've noticed, I think through Facebook, I see, I see you pop up sometimes and you're, you know, at a book fair type thing and you're out promoting. Has that, I, and I imagine that that's probably been pretty fun for Oh, me. that has been so much fun. I have <laughs> met so many people. And even as I meet different people, you know, I'll tell them a little bit about the book. Um, and you know, it never seems to be just a here buy my book and go on your own way. It's we end up in a conversation, we end up talking about it. So it has been a lot of fun um, to. Uh, I don't know if the behind the scenes marketing is the fun part. It's the once I get there. Yeah. But realize that you have to do both. Have you made any friends with other authors? Just kind of commiserating with each other about actually I have and that has been kind of cool because you know just writing one book I don't know if I would have thought I'm really an author 
But once I have started to mingle with other authors, I realized I am an author. <laughs> and I've joined some um, Facebook groups and actually uh, had a really nice conversation with an author, a fellow author, yesterday about a book that he just uh, uh, republished. And, uh, and so, yes, I'm getting involved in, in different uh, groups with authors, and I've gone to some author fairs. So. That's cool. neat. Mm -hmm. Have you run across Press Maxson at all? I, I actually um, I have not met him, yes. but I did follow him on Amazon the other day. I saw you did? him. He popped up. Yes, he oh, did. Oh, my goodness. Yes, he did. Well, so you may not realize he was a guest on Hoosier. Have I you, listened to that. Oh, you did. Okay. Hey, wow. I absolutely did. Yes. That's great. Yeah, he's. Uh, it's funny because in, in preparing for uh, talking with you today, and I knew we were going to be talking about, uh, you know, here you, you know, promoting your book and, and that sort of thing. That that made me think about press. And that's been a while since we did that interview. And I just thought to myself, you know, I want to have him back on and just see what he's, you know, what books are coming up. Right. And But he's, he's uh, I think he enjoys the marketing part of, mm, you know, okay. he seems to do do a good job. Well, that's funny. So are you, how serious are you about a next book? Have you? I'm pretty serious about it, but this time it's going to be what I call a collaboration book mm. where I will have multiple authors. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to link with authors. Um, but they may not necessarily already be an author, but the purpose of this book, I really want it to be what I'm gonna call a mentoring book. I have no idea what the title will be. I don't know how long it'll be, but the intent is to have women specifically tell a story that either um, can motivate or uh, give a story of a challenge they've had in the workplace um, or something um, that was a great success in the workplace. But it's really to provide either young ladies um, pre-college or um, even in the early career to realize that even though they may have challenges or struggles in the workplace, they can do it because these women did. And so I'm in the process now of, of developing a list of women that might be interested in providing a story about themselves for the book. I've got quite a few already. Uh, probably will end up with 10 to 12, I don't know what the number of stories, but the intent is to have different kinds of experiences that women have gone through in the workplace so that young women can get motivated by that to achieve. That sounds like a great idea. Yeah, that's yeah. really exciting. You're going to have to get one of these little recording devices and re record, yes, you know. Yes, absolutely. I can show you how to do okay, all that stuff. Okay, excellent. Super easy. <laughs> uh, wow, yeah, that's a great idea. Uh, and so, well, let me take a minute, Danola, because I'm going to forget. Okay. I want to uh, mention your book again, and it's available on... Amazon. I bought the Kindle version. Is is there a print version as well? Yes, print on there demand? is. There is a uh, paperback as well as a Kindle version. Great. Uh, Danola Burton is my guest, and her book is If You Really Knew Me, The Life, The Lessons, and The Legacy. Uh, 
It's available on Amazon. Um, I want to talk a little bit about, um, so when an organization hires you, what does that look like? Yeah, so right now I primarily work for nonprofit organizations. Like I said, I retired. Um, I don't, like I say, have to work, but I want to be at a stage in my life where I can give back. And there are a lot of nonprofits, which includes churches as well as various organizations, that don't have resources to develop their staffs, don't have resources to develop their boards. And so I do a lot of workshops that are uh, beneficial to communication and leadership, uh, really helping them uh, team build and uh, learn how to work better together. Um, so those are the kinds of workshops that I provide. And these are skills that you um, perfected at Lilly over all those perfected years. Perfected over the yeah. last 20 plus years um, in my daily job. I felt like I didn't really have to start over, but I, I have enhanced my toolbox since I retired by uh, joining the John Maxwell team and having all the resources available through the John Maxwell team resources, uh, as well as becoming certified as a, a DISC um, uh, coordinator or counselor, whatever you call it. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I'm always trying to develop and grow myself, but uh, but I have a lot of resources uh, that I've acquired over the years, uh, whether it's around conflict management or emotional intelligence or um, uh, diversity, all kinds of different uh, uh, workshops available for these various organizations. Good for you. Now, so your husband, whose name escapes me right now. Philip. Philip. Philip Burton. And, of course, he's, you tell the story in the book, he, the story of how you guys met. I tell the story of, is it serendipity or <laughs> what is that? Now, yes. when he, and he's still with the uh, Indianapolis Police Department yes. to this day. He's the commander of our downtown district. Very proud of him. I'm sure. Um, and I can't, I can't decide if I... Uh, if I would love to meet him or never want to meet I might. I don't want to meet him under certain circumstances, yeah. if you know what I mean. He'd probably be a good person to know and be able to throw that name out there. My question is, when so when Philip retires, are you going to then really retire? Are you guys going to travel, do something else? What do you think? You know, I don't know if he'll ever be able to retire. We still have a freshman in high school and a freshman in college, so... <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty rough. Yeah, the, so he needs to work. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but yeah, I can imagine that we will uh, want to, to relax. Uh, now, the question is, when he retires, will he really retire? Mm. Because both of us are pretty involved in volunteering. So we, 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 I'm going to find my way to interact with people. Yeah. And he does, too. Well, and that that just shows you that you're you're doing what you're doing because you love it. I love it. Yeah, you lucky duck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, um, Danola, is there any other way other than your email address that you? Uh, well, your website. Let's let's. Well, my I mean, I I share my phone number because it's available on my website and on Facebook, why, so why they can contact me through my phone number three one seven. 
250-5611. And I'll also share that the website is enhancedDNA.us. Yes. Danola, it's been so fun having you on the show. Thank you. And I, uh, I it. hope it won't be the last time. And and keep us posted, especially when that next book comes out. Absolutely. Okay. I think it will be really beneficial to young girls. So yes. Sounds like it. Good mm-hmm. idea. Yeah. Thanks, Danola. Thank you.